Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the last night of the Pocketbook Exchange Fellowship. It has been an it has been an amazing week, and I thank God so much for it. I thank God for speaking to our heart this week. I thank God for loving on us. I thank God for healing and delivering us. I thank God for being an ever-present help with us. I thank God for doing what it is only he could do. I thank God for every word that was spoken, for every revelation that came forth, for, for every insight that came forth. I thank God for it. God ministered to my soul this week. I went back and listened to the broadcast this week and God ministered to my soul this week. And then God ministered even more and expanded on the word that came forth this week. And so I thank him for it. I thank God for what he has spoken to me. I thank God for what he has spoken to you. I thank God for what he is doing for me. And I thank God for what he is doing for you. I'm so excited, you all, for this pocketbook exchange. I was in the um, area that we'll be in tomorrow. I went there to do a little, you know, a little bit of a few things there. And man, God is in the place. The peace of the Lord is residing there. And God is waiting for us to get there tomorrow um, at, for the pocketbook exchange Saturday sessions. Hallelujah. But before we get there, we got the word for tonight. Hallelujah. I just again want to welcome everybody for coming. Thank you to all of those who stayed with me this week, who were here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, tonight. Thank you if you chose only or if you were only able to come one day. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your presence during this pocketbook exchange. I have truly enjoyed myself. I have truly enjoyed you and I've truly enjoyed the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. He is an awesome, wonderful, amazing amazing, beautiful, wonderful, loving God. And I thank him on tonight. God, we come before your presence with thanksgiving. We come before your courts with praise. We are thankful unto you and we bless your name. You are a good God, an awesome God, a magnificent God, a powerful God, a loving God, a wonderful God, an ever-present help God. Hallelujah. The God who takes care of us, the God who defends us. Hallelujah. The God who provides for us. Hallelujah. You are the God of peace, a God of righteousness, a God of joy. And we just bless your name tonight, God. We give you glory. Hallelujah. We build a throne for you to inhabit on tonight. Hallelujah. For you are amazing, a wonderful, good God. And we bless your name. We magnify your name. We worship your name. We praise your name. We exalt your name. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah. We extol your name. Hallelujah, God. For you are worthy. Hallelujah. Of all our praise. Hallelujah. You are worthy of our admiration. Hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is to be praised. Hallelujah. You're the great and mighty God. Hallelujah. And we bless you. Hallelujah, God. We bless your name on tonight. Woo! worthy God. You are so worthy God. You are so worthy God. Hallelujah. And not for anything that you've done for us God. You're worthy because you're God. Hallelujah. You're worthy because you are Jehovah. You are I am that I am God. Hallelujah. And we put you in your rightful place on the throne of our heart on tonight God. And and we say thank you. Thank you for being God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your love. Hallelujah. Thank you for who you are to us. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah for who you are to us. You may be one thing to me and something to someone else, God, but thank you for who you are to us. God, we welcome you into this time of teaching. God, we pray that you will speak to our heart on tonight. God, we pray that you will commune with us tonight. God, that your presence will be um, with us on tonight as we bring forth this word, God, and as we receive this word, God, we thank you for the power of your presence with us on tonight, God. We thank you for the power of your anointing tonight, God. We thank you for the power of your grace tonight, God. We pray that you will teach us tonight, God, that you will reveal yourself to us in an even greater way, Father God, in Jesus' name. Reveal your heart to us, God. Reveal your mind to us, Father God. Reveal Reveal your plan for our lives, for us on tonight. God, reveal your strategy for this new season in our lives. God, do it for us on tonight, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, God. And as this word comes forth um, to help us thrive, Father God, speak to our heart individually, God. Speak to us personally, Lord God. Let us know the areas in our life that need to be perfected, Lord God, so that we can be the thriving person, God that you have destined us to be, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, let us lay aside every sin and every weight that would so easily beset us. Help us to cast our care upon you on tonight for you care for us. God, help us to lay aside every hindrance on tonight, God, so that we can be fully present in your presence, Lord God, so that you can do what you want to do, God, so that you can speak what you want to speak, God, so that you can clean us up and heal us and deliver us and make us new on tonight, God. Give us a new perspective on tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. God, minister minister to our thought life on tonight, Father God. Minister to our heart, Lord God. Minister to our emotions, Father God. Minister to this season in our life. Minister to the seasons that are to come. Minister to the destiny, God, that is within us, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, even as we lay hands on ourselves, Lord God, minister, God, to that destiny, God, that you have placed within us, God. Help us 
supposed to tap in, hallelujah, to the great destiny that you have placed within us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, God, so that we can begin to move forward in it, Lord God. And for those of us who are moving forward in our destiny, so we can push forward in, in an even greater way, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, God, I thank you, Lord God for the high, higher heights and deeper depths, God, that you are taking us in, Lord God. Hallelujah, God. I thank you for elevation and for promotion, Lord God, whether it be on our job, whether it be um, in our ministry and in our church, whatever area in our lives that you are speaking promotion and elevation, God, we receive it, God, and we thank you for it, Lord God, and we bless you for it, Lord God, and we give you glory for it, Lord God. God, we thank you for being with us on tonight, God, as this word comes forth. God, I bless you, Father God, that you will use me as you will, Father God, to bring forth this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just want to pray some more, but I'm going to stop right there so that we can get into this word on tonight. Let me do what I say. I've done it. Look, every night this week, let me put my second set of eyes on. <laughs> So I can see what's happening. Hey, everybody. I, again, am so thankful that you are here with me on the last night of the Pocketbook Exchange Fellowship. Tonight, we are going to speak from the subject, thriving. We are going to thrive in our lives. As 3 John 2 tells us, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. God wants us to prosper in our lives. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to walk out the full destiny that he has placed within us. And we're going to do it. We are going to do it. We are going to do it. We're going to be diligent and steadfast in being who God has called us to be and in doing what God has called us to do. Amen. Amen. I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Because the preacher, the teacher is the first partaker of every word. And if truth be told, I'm speaking to me tonight and you just happen to be in on the conversation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So thriving, the definition is prospering or doing well, highly successful, flourishing. Oftentimes we consider a person to be thriving, or let me read it like I wrote it. Oftentimes when we consider a thriving person, or we consider a thriving person to be, I wrote it wrong, one with a lot of money, one with a fancy car or fancy cars with an S, one with a mansion of a house or a handsome or beautiful spouse or intelligent and kind children. And while those are signs that a person is highly successful or flourishing, we see those things by the world's standards. The world would say a person with a lot of money is thriving. A person with cars and houses is a person that's, that is thriving, but God has a different standard of thriving that we're going to get in get into tonight. Now look, there's nothing wrong with having cars. There's nothing wrong with having houses. There's nothing wrong with having money. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with it. But if that's all you have to show that you are successful and thriving, then you are living less than God intended for you. 
because God would have us to be highly successful and flourishing in good character, strength of character, mentoring others, helping others, serving our community. When we're thriving with material things and we're thriving within, it is a holistic approach to thriving and not just a one-dimensional side to thriving. So again, yes, you can have the money, the cars, the house, the family, but you should also have strength of character. You should also be helping in your community. You should also be mentoring others. You should also be striving to help as many people as absolute possible. Okay. All right. So whether you are currently thriving or you are in a transition from surviving to thriving, there are a few things we can learn about a lifestyle of thriving. This is a lifestyle of thriving. And as you all know, I'm going to take each letter in thriving and assign a new word to it so that we can hear what the Lord is speaking to us on tonight about thriving. So the first and only T in thriving is thankful. When you are thriving, you have an attitude of gratitude. Luke 17, verse 11 through 19 says, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, it was 10, but one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. See, I think one of the reasons why the 10 didn't come back is because I don't know at what point that they were walking to see the priest as Jesus instructed them to do. I don't know at what point they they were healed. Now, the one that came back, maybe his healing came like two minutes down the road as he was going to see the priest. Maybe the other ones came 10 minutes or maybe for some, they were almost there, you know, before their healing took place. I can't say, but Jesus is like, only one of you came back to give glory to God. We can learn a lesson here that when God blesses us, when God performs miracles in our lives, when God delivers us, when God sets us free, we are to give thanks. We are to give God glory because we do not heal ourselves. We do not deliver ourselves. 
ourselves. We did not get ourselves out of a stuck situation. Only God can do that. And we are to give glory to God. Any way God blesses us, we should be satisfied and we should give God glory. Just like the one leprous man came back and said, praise God. And he fell down and he worshiped God. He thanked God for what God had done for him. Because look, y'all, God does not have to bless us the way he blesses us. God does not have to heal us. Yes, his word says with his stripes, we are healed. But God... in all actually, God does not have to do for us what he does, but he chooses to bless us. He chose that with his stripes, we are healed. <laughs> he chose that he always causes us to triumph. God chose those blessings and promises to be um, present in our life and for us to flourish in them, for us to thrive in them. Jesus came to earth to, to live on the earth, to die on the cross, to rise again on the third day for our victory, for our triumph, for our healing, for our deliverance. How dare we not give thanks to God for all that he has done for us and for all that he will do for us. God continues to bless us. Even y'all, when we don't, sometimes I just don't deserve God's blessings because I have gone off to the right when God said, go left. I have gone forward when God says, hold on, take a few steps back. I have done things on my own and in my own way. And yet God blesses me. And I know God blesses you when you go off on your own way and we should give God thanks for it. We should praise God. We should dare not let a day go by where we don't say, thank you, Jesus. When we don't say, God, I praise you. God, I give you glory because it could have been another way. Every time I wake up every morning, I say, thank you, Jesus, for life. When I'm able to roll out of the bed, God, thank you for activity of of my limbs. Thank you that I can walk on my own, that I can talk on my own, that I can breathe on my own. My God, that I can think on my own. God, I give you glory because it could have been like it truly, God does not owe me a thing. God don't owe me a thing. God don't owe you a thing, but God chooses to bless us and we should be thankful. A thriving person is thankful for everything that they have and even for everything that their family has and everything that their friends have. They are thankful for God's many blessings, for God waking them up, for God blessing them to have a job, for God blessing them in their business, for God blessing them in their ministry, for God blessing them with the church, for God blessing them for healing me from this disease, from this illness. Thank you, God, for healing my emotions when that man hurt my feelings or when that woman abandoned me. God, you still blessed me. You still restored me. You healed me. You took me in, cleaned me up, and you made me brand new, God. And for that, I am thankful. Even when we're going through tests and trials of life, we should still be thankful because we know God is going to give us victory on the other side because his word promised it so. And so it is. So we should be 
thankful like the man that came back, man with leprosy came back to give God glory for what God had done for him. Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 through 23 says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. A thriving person is thankful for life and for each moment of their lives. Again, they are thankful for being in their right mind, activity of their limbs. They're thankful for their family. My granddaddy is 93 and every day I thank God that he is alive and that he is doing well. So again, thanking God, not only for myself, but for my family, for my friends. You all, we, we, my, my family, my grandmother passed away uh, 10 years ago. She is the closest person to me that has ever passed away. God has blessed my family to have good life, longevity of life. None of my granddaddy's children have passed away. My mom, my uncles and aunts, they have not passed away. None of my cousins have passed away. I'm talking about my first cousins. Like all of us are alive and well. And for that, I am so thankful. I am so thankful that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. We were not consumed in our sin. We were not consumed when we were out in the world, but God kept us. Hallelujah. He kept us and God is yet keeping us. And so I thank God for my Humphrey family that we are alive and well, that God's faithfulness, hallelujah, has been alive and thriving in the Humphrey family. We are flourishing and I thank God for everything is not well with us. Don't, don't, don't get it. You know, everything is not well. Everything is not perfect in our lives, but we are successful. We are prospering. We are flourishing in my family. And I thank God for it. I thank God that he is flourishing in your family, that he is prospering your family, that he is blessing your family, that he is seeing your family through, that he is healing your family, that he is delivering your family. I thank God that your family is thriving. Again, you may not be in the place of thriving in, in its fullness right now, but you are transitioning from surviving to thriving. And for that, I am thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The New Living Translation says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It is God's will that we say thank you. It is God's will that we live a life of gratitude, that we have an attitude of gratitude. Again, Regardless of if things are going well right now, regardless of if, if I am experiencing a bad situation, even in this bad situation, I'm going to say thank you, Jesus. Even when I'm going through a divorce, I'm going to say thank you, Jesus. Even when I'm going through sickness, laying up in a hospital, all I, all I can do is look towards heaven. I'm going to say thank you, Jesus. Whatever circumstance I find myself in, it is thank you, Jesus. It is hallelujah. It is Lord, I love you. It is Lord, I praise you because I know that God is working on my behalf. So a person who is thriving, they have an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> they are not mumbling and complaining. They're not saying, woe is me, but they are thankful for every single moment of their lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They are thankful. So we are thankful. A thriving person, H, they are happy 
in me. When you are thriving, you are happy with yourself. You are content. You are unwavering. You are settled. You are wholly clear and firmly rooted in who you are in Christ Jesus. Strengths and weaknesses and all, you are happy with yourself. When you are thriving, you have a clear destiny. You are clear, excuse me, on the destiny that God has seated in you and you are walking in that destiny in the fullest. You are advancing, you are enlarging, you are increasing in stature and wisdom. You are thriving. Hallelujah. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Being happy does not mean that everything is perfect. It means that I'm going to keep that attitude of gratitude. I'm going to do like Paul did. I'm going to think myself happy. I don't care if I'm struggling. I don't care if I only got $2 in the bank. I don't care if it's only uh, ketchup and mayonnaise and bread in the in the in the um in the cupboard, I am still going to be happy because I'm alive. <laughs> I'm doing well. I can ask a neighbor to borrow some peanut butter and jelly to make me a sandwich to have something to eat. I am going to be happy in me, strengths and weaknesses at all. And all you are, I, I'm clumsy. Like I am so clumsy, and I used to not like the fact that I'm clumsy. But I had to come to the, the realization I'm clumsy, it's a part of who I am, and I'm going to be happy about it. <laughs> Y'all, I was at a um, ministry event. This was some years ago. I was invited to speak at a ministry event, and I was, I think I was the youngest person there and the youngest person in ministry. So I'm sitting at tables with pastors and evangelists and people who are seasoned in the ministry. And so I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, all sophisticated. I'm sitting at the little table, having my little conversations with people, decide to grab the pitcher of water, pour the water and spill the water all over the table. <laughs> I spilled the water all over the table. I was like, look at me. What my clumsy self. And it's so interesting because I'm very um open. Like when I make a mistake or when I've you know done wrong or that I'm very open. So I told the people at the table exactly what I was doing. I was like, y'all, I was sitting here trying to be sophisticated, knowing that I'm clumsy. So this is the Lord telling me that I need to just be who I am, be satisfied with who I am, accept every part of me, even the parts that I don't like, even the parts that are ugly, even my, even my weaknesses, accept them. And so the ladies at the table, they were like, girl, just be you. And the, the young, the lady that was sitting beside me, she, she said, see there, God is showing you, you know, just be yourself, be comfortable. So I have learned to be comfortable in my own skin, extra pounds and all. I've learned to be comfortable with my clumsy clumsiness. I have learned to be comfortable with sometimes I don't pronounce words exactly like I want to pronounce them. I have been comfortable and sometimes my brain works faster than my mouth. So sometimes the words that are coming out of my mouth may not be clear right at that moment. I have learned to accept the good and the bad, the strengths and the weaknesses, my areas of growth, I have learned to accept all of me. And I am so happy with me. Like I love me some me. Like I am very happy with who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am very, and I laugh because just thinking about me and my clumsy lit, clumsiness and my faults, but I am so happy with me. And a thriving person is happy with themselves. They are happy within. They don't need 
a person to make them happy. They don't need a degree to make them happy. They don't need money to make them happy. They don't need a promotion to make them happy. They don't need external forces or external people or, or external things to make them happy. They are happy and content with who they are on the inside. A thriving person is happy and happy indeed. Um, Paul declares it in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Um, I have learned <laughs> how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We can do all things as the King James Version Bible says. That was the New Living Translation. King James Version said, King James Version says, see there, there go my mind moving faster than my mouth, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we have we have to learn to accept all of us. We have to learn to accept that bad attitude. And hopefully when you accept that bad attitude, you can ask the Lord to give you a good attitude, ask God to give you a pleasant attitude so that people will want to connect with you and be around you. So even in areas of weaknesses, we have to learn, we need to learn, we must learn to be happy with ourselves, whether I'm thriving or whether I'm struggling in my thriving, I'm going to be happy. Whether my stomach is full, whether it's empty, I'm going to be happy. Whether this this situation is favorable or unfavorable, I'm going to be happy. When I have my lights, y'all, I have been homeless three times in my life. I was still happy that I was alive and that people took me in. People, the Lord uh, showed mercy towards me. People showed mercy towards me and took me in. I have been without electricity. Yes, I have. And I was in the dark, happy that I was alive and happy that I had shelter over my head. Yes, I have lived without water twice in my life. And I, I'm not going to tell you how I how I navigated that, praise the Lord, but I was still happy and happy in Jesus because I was, again, alive and I had shelter. So, yes, I have lived in some dire situations and some bad situations, but I was still happy because I was alive and had shelter and I was just surviving then. But thank God that I am in a place of, of thriving. I was just surviving then, but I'm thankful that I am in a place of thriving. So be happy with you. Be happy with all the moles. Like I found so many moles and tags on myself that I don't like, but you know what? I've learned to accept them. You know, when, when I was in my, I think I was in my late 20s when I found my first gray hair, y'all, I was so mad about it. I didn't even know what to do. But now I'm waiting for the gray hairs to come in. Like, I'm like, where my gray hair? Because I think I'm going to look nice with my short gray hair. So I'm waiting for the gray hairs to come in. So I have, again, have just learned to be happy with me, happy with all of me, happy with my mental state, my emotional state, my heart, my everything. I have learned to be happy. And again, a person who is thriving, they are happy with who they are on the inside. Yes, sometimes I can be a work in pro progress depending on the situation and the season, but I am still happy in me. And I pray that you are happy in you. So the R in thriving is revival or renew. Revival or renewal. 
when you are a thriving person, you experience personal revivals, moments of renewals, times of refreshings, and you are willing to repent. That was my other R word, renewal, revival, refreshing, and repent. I'm going to deal with this repent first. In reference to Jesus saving us from a life of sin, the Bible declares in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from, from the presence of the Lord. Look, y'all, I know people who lie cheat and steal and when they get caught they maintain that lie like they they're gonna lie to, to they're gonna lie to the end they maintain that lie they maintain that place of cheating and stealing from people um they will stick to the story instead of confessing their wrong that is a person who is surviving through life i know people <laughs> who have lied and have stuck with the lie, and they know they're wrong, but the, instead of admitting that they're wrong, instead of confessing their sin, like I'm thinking of a person right now, they have, they're, and still, and still right now to this day, are holding on to the lie. And I need to really pray for this person. Like, let me just put myself, you know, on blast. I really, I have not prayed for this person, and I really need to pray for this person. And if we know people like this, who lie, who cheat, and, and steal, who are unwilling to forgive, let's intercede for them. Let's pray that the Lord will touch their heart and that lo the Lord will break them free from that spirit of lying and cheating and sin so that they can be free and free and sometimes we might have to pray for ourselves because maybe we're the one who's lying. Maybe we're the one who's cheating or stealing. And sometimes we just have to pray ourselves through so that God can deliver us and set us free and make us new so that we can walk in the truth and not as a person who lies or cheats or steals. Amen. Amen. So look. A thriving person will admit when they have sinned. They will admit when they are wrong, whether they did something or shared something or gave misinformation, shared like something incorrectly or gave misinformation, whether their actions were ungodly or their tone was harsh or damaging, they will admit that they were wrong. Look, I'm so sorry for what I said. I'm so sorry for how I said it. Please forgive me. I did not mean to hurt your feelings. I did not mean to damage your emotions. I did not mean to put you in a headspace that was unhealthy for you. Please forgive me. A thriving person is willing to admit their sin. They are willing to admit their wrong. They are willing to admit their mistakes and their flaws. And not only are they willing to admit it, but they are willing to change. They are willing to allow the water of the word to wash that sin, to wash that harshness, to wash that meanness, to wash that miss that um, um, want to, sp to spread lies or misinformation. The water of the word will wash and cleanse and make you brand new. So again, you repent and you're willing to change. You're willing to work on that area so that you can be perfected in that area. That is what a thriving 
person does. <laughs> they recognize that they are human. They recognize that they are imperfect. And when they are wrong, they say that they're wrong. In doing so, a thriving person, they receive that refreshing from the Lord. They receive that restoration. They receive that revival. They receive that renewal in that area of their lives. So y'all, let's be a, a, a thriving person who repents when we sin, who admits when we do wrong so that we can be restored. Amen. Amen. A thriving person experiences re regular renewals and regular revivals. Psalm chapter one, verses one through three says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and what Whatsoever he doeth, doeth shall prosper. A person who is thriving, they are blessed. And a blessed person experiences regular renewals and revivals. When we're struggling, when we're going through, God will allow his blessings and his promises to flourish in our lives so that we can be revived, hallelujah, in that area that, that we are struggling in or in that area where we are stagnant in. God can give us a personal revival in our emotions, in our our heart in our mental state, in our marriage, in our relationships, in our family, on our job. God can give us those personal revivals where we are that blessed person who delights in the law of the Lord, that blessed person who flourishes because they are like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So their roots receive that refreshing. They receive that nourishment. They receive that water from the Lord and thus begin to thrive. Hallelujah. That person who prosperous. Hallelujah. That person who brings forth fruit in season. Hallelujah. That is what a thriving person does. They experience those revivals, those renewals, those refreshings from the Lord. Even Psalm 23 says, for the Lord is my shepherd. Ooh, Y'all, I done, I done, I done, I hold on, let me look it up because I didn't write Psalm 23 down and now my mind is drawing a blank. I don't know why. My, for the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. There we go. Ooh, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou go to prepare a place for me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, that my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know why Psalm 23 didn't come to me right then, but a person who thrives, a person who is 
flourishing, who is prospering, who is successful. They are a Psalm 23 person. They know that the Lord is their shepherd. They know that the Lord is guiding them, that the Lord is watching over them, that the Lord is protecting them from the enemy. That is us. The Lord is guiding us. The Lord is prospering us. The Lord is protecting us from our enemies. And not only is God protecting us from our enemies, he is setting a table before us so that we can eat in the midst of our enemies trying to destroy us. We can be thankful. We can still thrive even when the enemy is trying to destroy destroy us. When he tries to use weapons against us, we can still thrive in the midst, hallelujah, of that situation because God is protecting us. He has raised up a shield, hallelujah, a banner to defeat the enemy. We are a Psalm 23 person when we are thriving hallelujah god you all god wants us to thrive he wants us to be prosperous he wants us to flourish and when we experience those personal revivals and those personal renewals and those personal personal refreshings that is the lord revealing to us even the more that he wants us to thrive go back and read psalm 1 and psalm 23 and let it minister to your soul let it minister minister to your heart as a person who is thriving the bible says all of our days psalm 23 that we will dwell in the house of the lord not that we're dwelling in the physical temple of the lord but we are dwelling in the presence of the Lord. We are dwelling in his power, in his authority, in his favor, in his blessings. Hallelujah. When we are thriving, hallelujah, that blessed life, that prosperous life, that flourishing life. Hallelujah. So that is who we are. We are a person, again, who experiences those personal revivals, renewals, and refreshings from the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm almost done, y'all. Praise God. Hallelujah. The I in thriving is intentional. Intentional means to be purposeful. When you are a thriving person, you are intentional about your lifestyle. You are intentional about maintaining your overall health, your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. You are intentional or purposeful in maintaining your health. You are intentional about how you respond, not react, but how you respond to people and to situations. You are intentional about heeding warning signs and red flags from the Holy Ghost. You are intentional about the people you engage with and that you connect yourself with. A thriving person that is you, is intentional in all these areas of their life. They are purposeful. They are intentional. And the reason why they are purposeful or why you and me are purposeful and intentional as a thriving person is because all these things serve to protect our hearts, protect our mind, and protect our emotions from people who Arm us from people who want to damage us. When we know ourselves and we are 
settled in who we are. We are not going to let just anybody come in and run a game on us. We're not just going to let anybody come in and attach themselves to us. We are going to be a discerning person, discerning good from evil, God from the enemy, and know who that person is. Recognize who that person is. Are they coming to help me? Are they coming to build me up? Are they coming to um, connect with me so that we can be business partners or friends or potentially be marriage uh, partners? Are they coming to bless me or are they coming to harm me? Are they coming to damage me? Are they coming to take from me? Are they coming to leech from me? A person who is intentional about their lives, they are aware they heed those warning signs. They heed those red flags from the enemy because they are not going to let, they are not going to allow or let anybody just come in and treat them any kind of way. I heard one of my colleagues a couple of years say, you have to treat people. You have to teach people how to treat you. I have learned that over the years. I do teach people because you're not going to teach or treat me any kind of way. And you're not going to talk to me any kind of way. I have a standard. <laughs> And I have boundaries and I let you know what my standards are. I let you know what my boundaries are and you will either operate accordingly or you and I can't be friends or we can't be business partners or we cannot connect because you will respect the boundaries that I have set for myself, the standards that I have set for myself. I, you know, just this week, um, one of my coworkers, um, they mentioned to me, because um, I've been wearing pink and purple this week at work for Breast Cancer Awareness Month and for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And one of my coworkers says, Stephanie, you know, I love you. I love that everything you do is intention, intentional. Like everything you do has purpose. And this just didn't come from this week. This comes from a person who has known me over the years on my job. And I'm very intentional and purposeful in the things that I do and in the things that I say. I do slip up every now and then, but I'm very purposeful. Like I, I like to have a goal or a destiny, you know, set in mind when I do things or when I say things. When I'm planning the pocketbook exchange or when I'm planning things for my nonprofit or my business. I'm very purposeful because I want it, I want it to flourish. I want it to be blessed and I want the, the outcome to be this is God's glory. God is getting the glory out of this. People are being blessed by this. People are being changed by this. People are being healed by this. People are being transformed by this. I want what I do and what I say to transform lives. I don't want to just be doing something to be doing something, but I've tried to set an intention or a purpose to it so that I can be blessed and so that others can be blessed. And so I really appreciated her sharing that with me. And um, actually a few weeks, I think it's been maybe a month or two ago, um, this same coworker said something very similar to me. She said, you know, Stephanie, I like the fact that you set boundaries. And it came out of so a, a colleague of ours, their father passed away. So we were at a funeral. And so I didn't know anybody at the funeral except for my colleague. And so um, there was a person that wanted to come in the row. And so I st stood up to get out so they can come in. And there was a person behind me. And they started touching my shoulders and I kind of backed up and I was like, please don't touch me. 
And it turned out to be this coworker. This coworker had come to the funeral as well. And then there were other situations that have happened where people like try to put, you know, try to touch me or put their hands on me or somebody will come and want me to do something on my lunch hour or one of my supervisors will give me a call when I'm trying to do something else. Like I set boundaries even on my job, y'all. I set boundaries with people around me because again, I know myself. I know my standards. I know what I want out of my life. And I want people to, to kind of come in, not in agreement, you ain't got to come in agreement, but come in submission in a sense to this standard that I have set for myself. And so the same coworker kind of mentioned, she didn't kind of, but she mentioned like, Stephanie, you set boundaries in your life. Like you let people know that you can only come this far. Or you can only do this certain thing, you know, before you say something to, to them or before you address it. And so that's who I am because again, I know me and I feel like I am a thriving person. And then I have to take care of me, y'all. Like I, I'm me. I have to take care of me. There's only one me, so I got to take care of me for as long as the Lord, you know, allows me to live on this earth. And so all of us should have that attitude where we set boundaries, where we set standards for ourselves. Don't let anybody take advantage of you, and and don't be embarrassed or ashamed or feel insecure for standing up for yourself. Like stand up for you. If somebody is mistreating you, let them know you. I don't like the way you're treating me. I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't like your attitude toward me. I don't like your tone of voice toward me. Like stand up for yourself, advocate for yourself. Um, be intentional when you're communicating with people and when you have people in your circle, you know, whether it's on your job or in your family or coworkers, whatever, be intentional, intentional about the guidelines that you share with them so that you're protected, so that you stay healthy in your heart, healthy in your emotions, healthy in your mental state, healthy spiritually and healthy physically. Okay. So it's okay, y'all, to advocate for yourself. Like it's okay to tell your spouse or your mom or your dad or your sister, brother, cousin, aunt, uncle, co-worker, supervisor, it is okay to have a conversation with people who are mistreating you. Like it really is okay to sit down, speak the truth in love and let them know this is what, this is what is happening and this is what I want to happen. Like it's okay. <laughs> Y'all have probably heard me tell this story before, but when I first cut my hair short a couple of years back, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've cut my hair this short. My granddaddy had some, you know, unpleasant things to say about my haircut. He just didn't like it. And he expressed himself to me that he didn't like it. And so, and I stood up for myself to work to my granddaddy, but apparently I didn't do it strong enough. So by the third time granddaddy, you know, had something to say about my hair, I was like, granddaddy, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to have a conversation because what you are doing is hurting me. Like your words are harming me. I like me. I love me with short hair. I am confident in who I am with short hair. I, you know, love the way, you know, I, so I had to explain all of this to my granddaddy. And once I did, you all, he stopped. I had to teach my granddaddy how to treat me with this new look. And granddaddy accepted it. He received what I had to say and we were able to move forward, you know? And so again, you have to be intentional with your life, intentional with what you're doing, intentional with how you engage with people and intentional about how you allow people to treat you and even be intentional about who you allow in your inner circle who you allow to become your friend, who you partner yourself up with in marriage. Like be intentional about 
knowing the people who you are engaging with or connecting with. And if they are not for you or if you don't feel good about it, then make sure that you let that person know, have them to back up or sever that tie so that you can move forward and being a happy, healthy you. Okay. I know it's been a long time on that, but I felt like it was important. Okay. I did have Esther down to talk about her being intentional when she went before the king. We understand if you read the book of Esther, we understand that in order to go before the king, you had to be summoned. But because Esther was put in a position to save her people, to save the Jewish people, she made a decision. I'm going to go before the king. I'm going to be purposeful and intentional about, look, getting pretty. <laughs> y'all wives know how y'all do. Getting pretty, you know, putting on your perfume, making sure you're looking good. So when she went before um, the king, he did call her in and she did not tell him what she needed at that time. She actually said, you know, king, I want you to um, come to a feast. Like, I'm going to prepare a feast for you. Bring Hammond, who's the one who wants to kill my people. She didn't tell the king that part, but she knew it. And, you know, she knew it for herself. But bring Hammond in. And she actually was intentional about how she went about expressing the fact that she was a Jew because the king didn't know. And she was intentional about making her request made known to the king. She prepared a feast and then she prepared a second feast. And by the second time, she told the king, I'm a Jew. Haman wants to kill my people and I need your help with this. And of course the king helped her. Like that's my little paraphrase, right? But you can go back and read it for yourself. But she was intentional about the plan to save her people. And I love that. I, I, I love that. I love that. So we need to be intentional on that. And I'm gonna let that go. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go. You know the areas in your life that you need to be intentional, that you need to go and maybe do a self-assessment and see what boundaries you need to set or what standards that you need to set or what guidelines that you need to set for yourself. So just be into moving forward in your life. Everything that you do, make sure it has meaning. Make sure it means something. Make sure it's purposeful. Make sure it's in line with what God has called you to do. Make sure it's in line with God's will for your life. Make sure that you are doing it for God's ultimate glory, not to serve you, but for God's ultimate glory. Amen, amen. I'm gonna let that intentional go. All right, so the V, in in um, in thriving is vivacious or having vitality. So vivacious or having vitality is being lively, exuberant, having exuberant physical strength or mental vigor, having the capacity for the continuation of a meaningful or purposeful existence, having power to live or grow. When I think about a vivacious person, I think about someone who thought who throughout life, who even though life has knocked them down, they get right back up. Even though sickness may have wrecked their body, they go forth in their healing. Even though they are going through a divorce or have experienced a, a divorce, they get right back up and say, you know what? I'm not going to stay closed. I'm going to stay open to love again. A person, it puts me in the mind of, you all know that toy that children used to have, and maybe some still have it. It was a, um, 
uh, it was like a weighted toilet. It kind of looked like a punching bag, but it sat on the ground and it, you know, it, it was weighted at the bottom. So every time you punch it, every time you hit it, it always bounced back up. That is what a person with vitality or vivacious, vivaciousness looks to me. They are a person that even though they get knocked down by the, by the cares of this world, by the trials and tribulations and the tests that all of us go through, they still get back up. Every time they fall, they get back up. Every time they get knocked down, they get back up. And even though they've been on 10 interviews trying to find a job, they go back on the next interview and the next interview until they get their job. They keep moving forward. A person with vitality, with vivaciousness, they keep moving forward regardless of the struggle. They keep moving forward regardless of what is happening. They keep moving forward. They may experience a detour, but they're going to get right back on track and keep moving forward. They might experience a setback. I wanted to start this um, new business on October 1st, but October 1st came and gone and I still have not started this business, but you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward because this business is going to come to fruition. Even when we experience setbacks, a thriving person will keep moving forward. Whatever life throws their way, they're going to keep moving forward. They're going to maintain that grateful heart. They're going to be intentional about moving forward and they're going to move forward and receive what it is that they are desiring or receive what it is that they are working for. Hallelujah. Sometimes though, our vivaciousness comes from the anointing of God. It comes from the favor of God. We're, we're dripping with anointing. We're dripping with God's favor. And because of that, we experience that vitality or that vivaciousness. We experience that liveliness, that um, capacity for the continuation continuation of a purposeful existence. We have the power to live and grow that Holy Ghost power to live and grow that holy anointing of God, that blessed, wonderful favor of God. So sometimes when we are vivacious, it's simply because of God in our lives. <laughs> it's simply because we have chosen to give our life to God and he is blessing us every step of the way. Again, everything may not be perfect or going well, but still God is blessing me. And so we are lively and we are experiencing that power and that strength that is called vitality and vivaciousness. You know, I really think about Joseph when I think about vitality, vitality and vivaciousness, you know, and when I think about, you know, God's anointing and God's favor and God's blessings upon someone's life, I think I'm experiencing that now. And I thank God for it because it, it didn't used to be this way. Well, it was always this way, but now I'm walking into the fullness of it. Let me just say, I'm walking into the fullness of it now. And you are walking into the fullness of it now in, as well in Jesus' name. But I think about Joseph and everything that Joseph went through. Y'all, Joseph went through some stuff in his life. He went through his brothers wanting to kill him. They wanted to kill him. Reuben stepped in and Reuben's like, no, y'all, we can't kill our brother. Let's just throw him in this pit. They threw him in the pit, but eventually they took him out of the pit. They sold him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites went to Egypt. Potiphar, who was a personal um, 
uh, assistant or was a, a person that was in the house of Pharaoh. Uh, he was a personal staff member. That's what it was. Thank you for the reminder, Lord. He was a personal staff member of Pharaoh Potiphar. He actually bought Joseph, bought Joseph into his home. And when he saw that Joseph was prospering and that the Lord was with him and that the favor and blessings of the Lord were upon Joseph's life, he made Joseph second in command of his household. So even though Joseph's brothers meant evil for him, at this point, Potiphar has made Joseph head over his household. So Joseph is thriving. He is prospering. He is experiencing this vitality. But oh, as he experienced, as he is experiencing this thriving moment in his life, here comes Potiphar's wife who wants to have sex with Joseph. She looks at Joseph. She's like, oh, Joseph look good. I see the muscle, mus muscles bulging, the dark chocolate skin or the caramel skin, whatever you like, you know, Joseph probably had caramel skin. He looking good to me. She invited Joseph to be with her. And Joseph was like, no, thank you. You are Potiphar's wife. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to have you to commit adultery. I'm going over here. And Joseph tried his best, you all, to avoid Potiphar's wife. But Potiphar's wife was persistent. And to the point where she um, found her, you know, her and Joseph were in a space together and jo she was trying to, you know, seduce Joseph. And Joseph was like, no, I got to go. And she, he kind of, she pulled at his clothes. And so he ended up leaving his shirt there. And then she lied and said that Joseph tried to rape her. And so Potiphar throws Joseph in jail. Joseph be going through. So Joseph is in jail for a few years and he again, has the favor of God so strongly on his life that the jailer, the bailiff, if, if you will, the jailer puts him in charge of the entire jail. So now he's in charge. He's a prisoner himself, but he is in charge of all the other prisoners in the jail. See, when God's favor is upon your life, it don't matter what weapon that is formed against you comes. Don't matter what weapon the enemy tries to form against you, the favor of the Lord will supersede that weapon. The anointing of God will destroy that weapon when the favor of God is on your life. So Joseph was experiencing God's favor, even in jail. He, um, you know, told a dream. Y'all go back and read it for yourself. I'll give you a description in just a minute. So he's in jail for a few years and Pharaoh has two dreams and, um, Joseph is called out of jail to interpret these dreams, and he interprets interprets the dreams, um, and Pharaoh makes Joseph the head over the entirety of Egypt, the entirety of Egypt. Egypt, Joseph is made head over, second only to Pharaoh. It's Pharaoh, and then it's Joseph. So because God elevated Joseph to this position, um, he was able to save his entire family. A, fam a famine came into the land, which is what the dreams were about, and Joseph was able to save his entire family. Let me give you the scripture so you can go back and read it, because that was just a little synopsis of Joseph's life, but you can go back and read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 37. And then Genesis chapter 39 through 50. You can read chapter 38. It talks about, I think, Tamar and um, and Judah, I believe it's chapter 38. But Joseph is in 39 and then, uh, excuse me, 37 and 39 through 50. Go back and read his life and recognize or be encouraged um, 
with the, the, the favor and the anointing and the blessings that was on Joseph's life. Every time he got knocked back down, knocked down, God revived him. God restored him. God put him in a place of honor. He put him in a place of elevation. And again, Joseph was able to save his entire family. And I love what um, Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 says, but as for you, he's talking to his brothers and about his brothers, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. That's the New Living Translation. When you are a person of vitality, especially when you have the anointing of God on your life and the favor of God. It doesn't matter what anybody tries to do to you. It doesn't matter what slander or lies that anybody tries to speak against you. God's favor is going to dissipate those lies and dissipate those sl that slander. You are going to come out on top every single time because of God's blessings and God's favor. I don't take it lightly that God has blessed my family. I've said that earlier in the broadcast, and I don't take it lightly the favor of God that is upon my life. I don't say that to be bragging because it is no goodness of my own. Like it really is not because I've been so good because I haven't, but it's God's choice. God chose to favor me. He chose to bless me and he chose to anoint me to do what I'm doing with my ministry, with my nonprofit, with my business, even on my job. God has blessed me tremendously on my job and I give him glory for it. I thank him for it because it is, it's all him. It's nothing to do with me. It is all God. And so let us be thankful for God's favor, for God's blessings, for God's anointing, for God's protection, for God's love, for how God is prospering us, for how God is elevating us, for how God is promoting us. Let's, let's be thankful for what God is doing in our lives. Because like I'm, I'm telling y'all, God, God is so good. He's so awesome and he's so wonderful. So let's be thankful for it. And even if you are experiencing some dullness in your life, just, you know, just within yourself. If you are experiencing some dullness in your life, if you are experiencing some um, difficult situations in your life and you need God's power, you need, God, you need God's presence, you need, need God's vitality, then ask God for it. God will give you joy. God will give you strength. God will give you power to live and power to grow. Just ask him. Just ask him for it. It is there. I told you last night, it is there for the, everything you need is there for the asking and it's there for the taking. Amen. Amen. So I'm at the the, the G y'all. Hallelujah. Let me make sure I shared every, uh, actually I'm, I'm at the I, I'm at the I, I got the ING left to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so allow the, the Holy Ghost power to make you lively, to make you vi vivacious in God. Amen. 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 So let's get to this eye, y'all. The eye is into me. <laughs> into me. Self care, self love. A thriving person loves themselves. A thriving person takes care of themselves. A thriving person puts themselves first. I know I just cursed at some of y'all by saying a thriving person puts themselves first, but a thriving person puts themselves first. Let me read this scripture to you. 
Um, it's going to seem contradictory to what I just said, but it's not. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Before we can get to this scripture, to not be selfish, to think about others better than ourselves, to not only look at our own interests, but to look at the interests of others. We have to love ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to be confident in ourselves because how can we think about somebody better than ourselves if we don't even know who we are, if we don't even know the goodness of our, the goodness that is within us, if we don't even know our good attributes, our good traits, our strong traits, our strengths. If we don't know us, there's no way that we can be good to other people. Okay. So let's know ourselves. Let's love ourselves and let's take care of ourselves. You know, uh, the, the end is, is another part of us taking care of ourselves. I'm going to get to it in just a minute. I love, I told you earlier in the broadcast, I love me some me. I am going to take care of me and protect me at all costs. It puts me in the mind of, you know, I haven't been on an airplane um, in a couple of years, definitely not since um, the pandemic, not because I haven't wanted to, I just haven't traveled anywhere. And so, but I remember when I was flying that the um, the stewardess, the flight attendants, they would tell you that if, you know, if the plane gets into trouble, you know, if they have to have an emergency landing or anything of that nature, and the air mask drop down from the ceiling, Put yours on first. Take care of you first. You have to have your mask on and have the oxygen flowing in you before you can help your child or help your spouse or help your neighbor beside you. So take care of you first. Once you take care of you and get your heart right and get your thought life right and get your emotions right, then you can go forth and help other people. You can help them to get their mind right. You can help them to get their emotions right. You can help them to get their heart right. Take care of you so that you can be a blessing to other people. Take care of you so that you can bless your children, bless your spouse, bless your family, bless your coworkers, bless everybody that God sends you to or sends to you. Amen. So take care of you, y'all. Self-care is so important. I don't know about your self-care. My self-care used to be bubble baths. Like, I love me a bubble bath. Uh, I don't have a tub in the bathroom I have now, so bubble baths, you know, got gone, but it's all good. Um, I used to get massages, you know, pre-pandemic. I haven't been back to my masseuse yet, but massages is one way that I take took care of myself. Now, one way I take care of myself is I situate my hind parts in my recliner, and I just chill. I just sit there and just listen to the birds chirping outside the window, watching the sun, watching the people go up and down the street on my street, sometimes watching a little bit of TV, taking a nap. That's how I take care of me. I try to do meal prep so that I can eat healthy and not eat out. So I take care of me with, with eating my fruits and my vegetables, uh, limiting my meat intake, show enough limiting my sweet intake. That's how I take care of me. I said it earlier, I, I um, have standards and have boundaries for people. That's how I take care of my mental state and my emotional state, making sure that I remain healthy. So be into you. <laughs> it's okay to be into you. It is okay to esteem yourself high because when you esteem yourself high, you can do like the Bible says, esteem others 
over yourself, but you have to know yourself to be able to esteem others above yourself, okay? So know yourself. Don't try to impress others. Don't try to make people happy. Do not compromise yourself or your values to make someone else happy. I'm going to say it again. Do not compromise yourself, your values, your healthy mind, your healthy heart, your healthy emotions to please somebody else. I'm telling you all, don't let anybody else dictate over your life just so they can be happy, just so they can, you know, not you know, whatever. Just don't let, don't try to impress others. Don't let other people tell you what to do. Don't let other people dictate your life. Don't try to make them happy. Make yourself happy. Do the things that you do to make you happy. Say the things that you say to make positive affirmations. Speak life over yourself. Speak the word of God over yourself. Say positive affirmations to yourself. Whatever it is that you need to do to be whole and healthy, do that. And if it involves cutting off some friends and people, it's going to be what it's going to be because I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be whole and I'm going to be healthy. Okay. So don't try to impress other people and do what other people want you to do because that only makes you miserable. It only makes you unhappy, you know. All right, so I'm going. I'm going. I did, I'm going to keep on moving. The end in the in the end in thriving is no. No and no again. I don't even have a scripture for this, but no, no, and no again. It is okay, hear me well, to say no. It is okay to say no. It's okay to tell your pastor no. It's okay to tell your supervisor no. It is okay to tell your mama no. It's okay to tell dad no. It's okay to tell your spouse no, depending on the situation. Now, y'all married folks, I'm not a marriage counselor, so work that out. But if if it, if you need to say no, you know, it'll be okay. You know, y'all talk it through, work it out. But it is okay to say no. Have I told a supervisor no? Yes, yes, I have. Have I told a pastor no? Yes, yes, I have. Have I said no to my mom, dad, family? Yes. Maybe not my dad, because I don't think me and him have ever been in any um, situations where I had to tell him no. Um, I've, I have been in situations where I've had to talk to my dad about things that harmed me, yes, but I don't think I've ever had to tell him no. So it is okay to tell the people that you love no, or people that you are in connection with there is a what I call the ministry of no. If what you are asking me to do is harmful to me, I'm going to say no. If what you're asking me to do is unethical, then I'm going to say no. If what you're asking me to do will harm somebody else, I'm going to say no. If what you are asking me to do will cause me to... Um, add more things to my to-do list or make me busier than I need to be or that I want to be, then I'm going to say no. It is okay. To, a thriving person says no when they need to say, say no for their health. A thriving person says no when they need to say no for their health. 
3 John 2, I said I didn't have a scripture, but 3 John 2 says, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper even as your soul prospers. Sometimes your soul is going to prosper when you say no. Sometimes your soul is prospering in the no. So say no. If you are already busy or you already have, like you're already serving in, in, in three ministries in the church and your pastor or another ministry leader is asking you to serve in four ministries and you know you don't have the time to do it, it's okay to say no. If you, um, your pastor or another ministry leader is asking you to teach Bible study that night, but you promise your children or your spouse that y'all will have dinner together or that y'all will go to the movies, then you have to say, pastor, ministry leader, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to decline because I promised my family that we would do this. Okay. So it is a, to stay healthy, to take care of you, to maintain your boundaries, to maintain your standards, it is okay to say no. No is self-love. No is self-care. No is being in to you. All right, I'm at my G. I'm at the last one, y'all. And we're going we to wrap this week, this night of um, surviving to thriving up. So the G is gracious to others. G is going somewhere. G is gathering the harvest. Harvest, not harvest. But yeah, harvest. Okay. Anyway, a thriving person has the capacity to absorb things, hold things, and dispense things in order to help others. I'm going to say that again. A thriving person has the capacity to absorb things, take things in, to hold on to things, and then to dispense those things to help others. In other words, they are gracious to others. A thriving person is respectful and gracious to other people. Let me give you an example. So one of my coworkers, this was during the summer, one of my coworkers who is a um, not a department, she's kind of, I would say she's the head over her department. Well, her staff members, they have equipment that they use, so they needed to check the equipment out. And so she was saying that the system that she had in place for them to check equipment out, it really wasn't working. Like she had, she was trying to do an inventory, wasn't sure who had what because the system was not working. And so I shared with her, well, why don't you get a cue? Why don't you make a cue? Because the um, the equipment that they have is in a particular room. So they could just go in and out and get whatever they needed. And they were supposed to fill out a form and they didn't. So what I told her, what I suggested, not told her, what I suggested that she do is take the form, make it into a QR code, put it on the door and in the room where all the equipment is. And so they could just scan it with their phone or scan it with whatever technology device that they're using, scan it, fill out the form, and then it's easily done. And she was like, hmm, I never thought about that. She did it and she gave me an update and she said it is working well. I actually see the QR code because I'm in the same building um, uh, where the room is housed. And so I actually see the, the form, not the form, but the QR code on the outside of the door. And so she updated me. She said, thank you so much, Stephanie. She said, this is working well. So I had information. I had absorbed the fact that QR codes work. I was holding that information. And when it was time for me to dispense it out, I dispense it out. I believe that I am a person of great resources. As a matter of fact, I had one of my friends, one of my really good friends, we were co-workers and now we're, you know, 
good friends years ago tell me, Stephanie, you are a resourceful person. Like you are a person that if I need something, if I have a question, if I need some help, like I can come to you. And even if you don't have the answer right there, you're going to find the answer for me. And I really appreciated her saying that. And that encouragement stuck with me even until now. And I am a resourceful person. Like I help people on my job all the time. If they have a question, if they need something, they know they can come to me. I'm not the only person that they go to, but I'm one person that they go to because they know I've got an answer. They know I have a database of websites if they need some help. They know if they need to take a class, I got the link right here. Look, go take this class for this particular thing so that you can grow and develop. Like I have answers for things. And I don't say that to promote myself, but to give God glory. I'm thankful that I am in a place where I can help other people, where I can be gracious to people, where I can be a resource to other people. And so we as thriving people, we are to share our knowledge, share information, share what you know to help other people be a mentor to these young ladies and to these young men so that they can grow and develop in the person that God has called them to be. If you know something, don't hold it to yourself. Don't hold it just for your family. Share it with people so that they can be helped, so that they can prosper too. If you have some wisdom wisdom to share, share that wisdom so that we can know how to best apply this knowledge to our lives. If you know it, share it. Now, if God has given you a revelation or insight for yourself and he said, don't share it, now don't share that. You know, that's the exception to the rule. If God said, hold it. If God says, keep your mouth closed. If God says, be quiet, then you keep your mouth closed. You hold it and you be quiet. But if it's a resource, if it's knowledge that you can share with other people, do it. Like, like develop you a blog, make you a blog and share your knowledge with other people. Get you a podcast so that you can share your knowledge and wisdom and your experience and education with other people. You know, get you a, get you a YouTube channel. Come on, somebody, the Stephanie Humphrey channel, so that you can share what you know, so that you can take what you have on the inside, what you have absorbed through the experiences of life, what you have absorbed through your education, what you have absorbed through through being a married person or being a business person or being uh, a mother or a father. Take all that information, all that experience, all that wisdom that you have absorbed and dispense it out to be a blessing to other people. A thriving person shares what they know again so that others can learn, so that others can develop and so that others can grow. And I want to read this one I wrote. We are all in this together. And if I myself can help my sister, my brother, then I'm going to do it. If I can help a homeless person out, then I'm going to do it. If I can help a person in need, a person who's hungry, a person who needs some money at, at the grocery store and maybe they left their wallet at home. If I have enough money on me, I'm going to buy those groceries for them. God has called us to help the widows, to help the poor, to help the children. So we are following God's word, the great commission, which I'm going to get to in a minute. We are being um, being that disciple that Christ called us to be when we serve other people, when we help other people, when we dispense the knowledge and the wisdom and the resources that we have. We are a thriving person and we are doing exactly what Jesus commissioned us to do. So since I'm already there, let me go ahead and read. Well, actually, that, that scripture is with another topic within this topic. So I'm going to hold that. So let 
to read Galatians to you. A thriving person has the fruit of the Spirit planted within them and harvesting um, without of them or out of them. Without. I can say without. Yeah, that's good. Without. Galatians 5, chapter 22 through um Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23 say, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, which is meekness, and self-control, which is temperance. There against, or excuse me, let me read my New Living Translations. There is no law against these things. And the King James Version says, against such there is no law. That was a new, new Living Translations that I just read out of, or New Living Translations. Let me slow down that I just read out of a thriving person displays the fruit of the spirit so that they can be gracious to other people so that they can be respectful to other people so that they can help other people. Y'all, when we have the fruit of the spirit, look, y'all. The fruit of the Spirit is what every Christian needs in order to live a successful, thriving, flourishing life on this earth. If you can show forth love, if you can show forth temperance, if you can show forth patience, which is long-suffering, if you can show forth kindness, if you can show forth goodness, if you can show forth faithfulness, gentleness, then you are a person who is thriving in the kingdom of God. So let the fruit of the spirit be perfected within you so that you can, um, so that you can, um, well, uh, so that you can produce, that's what I'm trying to say, so that you can produce a harvest that brings souls in to Jesus Christ. So let the fruit of the spirit be live and well in your life. You might be um, fruitful in just a few of the fruit of the spirit. It's like maybe you have love, joy, and peace, and maybe you have goodness and kindness, but that long suffering, that being patient with people, maybe you still need a little bit of work on that. That is okay. Just keep working on it. Keep working on it until you are perfect, perfected. Maybe you have gentleness. Maybe you have long suffering and faithfulness, but maybe that self-control needs to be worked on a little bit. Maybe you need to have some self-control and, and, and not overeating. Maybe you have, need to have have some self-control and not calling that man or calling that woman when you get lonely. Maybe you need to have some self-control and not um, drinking alcohol. Maybe you need to have self-control and holding this tongue <laughs> from cursing somebody out or from fussing somebody out. So self-control might be the area that you're still struggling, struggling in. It's okay. Ask God for help. Ask God for strength so that you can thrive in the full fruit of the spirit. Amen. Amen. The Bible says against such there is no law. Second Peter chapter one, verse 30, uh, excuse me, verse three through eight says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of 
that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for a life, for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence and the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone, not just for the people that you like, but for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you add to your faith, goodness and knowledge and brotherly kindness and wisdom and temperance and godliness, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we add to our divine, to the divine nature that Christ has given to us as the sons and daughters of God, when we add to that faith, virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity, then we are showing forth the heart of God and it's showing forth the heart of God towards other people. We are thriving. We are being gracious to other people and we, and it's going to take us somewhere like we are going somewhere when we can display the fruit of the spirit and when we can um, display these godly characteristics by way of second peter then we again are showcasing god's love god's heart towards his people amen Amen. So be gracious to other people, show kindness, show love, show goodness to other people, even as God has shown that love and that kindness and that goodness to other people. Amen. Amen. So the G also is going somewhere. So when you show forth the fruit of the spirit in that characteristic, God will take you far. God will make you productive and useful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we know God and when we know the plan of God and the purpose of God, then we can walk forth in the destiny of God. So it takes us somewhere. Amen. Amen. Also, we're going somewhere when we declare Philippians 3 or when we live out and declare Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. They don't have time to, a person that is thriving and who is lit, walking 
out, forgetting those things that are behind, forgetting my past hurt, forgetting my past, forgetting my past pain, forgetting who hurt me and why they hurt me and what was going on, forgetting those things. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, let me push a, put a pause here. Sometimes when people hurt us and do us wrong, we can forgive them, but sometimes we might need to remember who that person is so that we can be aware if we encounter that person again, we can be aware of the experiences that we've had with them before and just be cautious because we don't know if that person who hurt us in the past, if they have allowed God to perfect them, if they have allowed God to work on them, if they are saved, if they have given their life to God, we don't know yet. So it is okay to remember the uh, remember the people that have hurt you so that you can be cautious if you encounter them again. But don't remember it so much so that that person um, negatively affects you when you are in their presence, okay? So, so it's okay to remember some things, but some things y'all, we truly need to forget. Like, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Some things we truly need to forget. Like like some of the ways that I grew up, I'll say it, some of the ways that I grew up, they were not pleasant and I didn't like them, but I have forgotten those things and I have pressed forward. I have forgiven who I need needed to forgive. I have forgotten those things and I am pressing forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. A person who is thriving, they do not have time to dwell in the past. They might be mad about the tests and the trials that they have had to endure at this point, but they do not have a woe woe is me attitude. As a thriving person, you should not have a woe is me attitude. Sometimes we try to, to use an excuse that my mom hurt me or my dad hurt me or my sister or brother hurt me or this person hurt me or this person did me wrong in my past. And we use it as an excuse for the attitude that we have or for the negative, um, the negative words that we speak out to other people or for the negative, um, um, uh, engagement that we have with other people. Sometimes we try to use the excuse of our past to be who we are and to do the things that we do that negatively affect other people. Don't let your past influence your present to the point that you are being an ungodly person. Don't let your past influence you to the point where you are being an ungodly person, where you are being mean, where you are being disrespectful for, or to the point where you mistreat people, where you abuse people. Don't let your, look y'all, all of us have been hurt. Every single person on the face of the earth, except for the babies, the infants, you know, have been hurt. People have hurt us. People have done us wrong. People have used us. People have abused us. People have scandalized our name. People have gossiped, uh, gossiped about us. People have stolen from us, taken from us. People have hurt us. All of us have experienced some kind of hurt and some kind of pain, but don't let that hurt and don't let that pain keep you from thriving, keep you from flourishing, keep you from the full, from being the full of who God has destined you to be. We need to learn to forgive and we need to learn to move forward. As we've heard Tyler Perry say so many times in his plays and movies, forgiveness is for you. Sometimes we hold on to unforgiveness because we don't want to give that person who hurt us the satisfaction of knowing that we have forgiven them. Like that is so stupid, but it's real. 
Forgiveness is for you. Stop holding grudges. Stop holding what somebody did to you over their head. Forgive them and move on. Press forward to more toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Forgive. We talked about forgiveness a little earlier. Forgive and move forward, okay? Sometimes when we forgive people, they don't even know that we have forgiven them. Because just just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you have to tell them. You know, if if a situation comes about where you can tell them, where you where you all can can have that conversation, then that's good and that's fine. But when you forgive somebody, again, it's for you. It's you don't have to have a conversation with that person. And sometimes, in all actuality, sometimes there are people dead in the grave who people who are living are holding a grudge against them. Forgive that person. And when you forgive them, they'll never know it, but you have forgiven them so that you can be free, so that you can be the person that God has called you to be, so that you can be holy, so that God can forgive you. Amen. Amen. And we forgive. And when we do, we forgive for ourselves. But when we forgive, God is able to freely flow through us forgiveness for the sin and the wrongdoing that we committed against somebody else. Come on, let's get it wrong. Sometimes we are the person that is hurt, but sometimes we are the person that hurts other people. And when we hurt somebody, we should ask for their forgiveness. Amen. Amen. All right. So let me make sure I've said all that I want to say about this. Let me read what I wrote here. A thriving person releases whoever has harmed them or did them wrong. They forgive because they understand that forgiveness is, they they understand that unforgiveness is a blockage in their heart and they do not want to hold grudges or have any bondages in the way of their future. So going somewhere, if you want to go somewhere in the Holy Ghost, if you want to go somewhere in God, you need to forgive. You need to forget the past and move forward, move ahead to what God has before us. Sometimes we can't get to what God has before us because we're worried about our past. We're worried about the people in our past, worried about that past boyfriend or that past girlfriend, wonder what they're doing, wonder who they with, like what's going on in their lives. Sometimes we cannot get to who God has before us or what God has before us because we're worried about our past or who we left in the past. Forget it and move forward so you can go somewhere, so you can go to the somewhere where God has planned for you in your future. Amen. Amen. Last thing with this G is gathering a harvest. A person who thrives, they gather a harvest. Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples, excuse me, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was a New Living Translation. A thriving person tries to bring as many people as possible to a place of thriving with them. I'm going to say that again. A thriving person brings, I'm going to take out the tries. A thriving person brings as many people as possible to a place of thriving with them. If I'm thriving, 
you're going to thrive. If I'm going up, you're going up. If I'm going to be blessed, you're going to be blessed. If I'm flourishing, you're going to be flourishing. Everybody that's connected with me is going to flourish. When we are a thriving person, when we are flourishing in Christ Jesus, then we need to share that blessing, share that favor, share that thriving, share that flourishing with other people gather the harvest. There are people that are waiting to see your model of thriving, to see your model of flourishing. Don't withhold your bowels of compassion. Share with that person. Share the steps that it took you to get to that place of thriving. Share the strategies that you use to get to that place of flourishing. Share what it took for you to get to that place of success. In the name of Jesus, I said it earlier in the broadcast, the world, when they see a person with a lot of money, with cars, with fame, with um, houses, they think that that person is flourishing. And yes, they are flourishing, but you can't just flourish with things. You have to flourish in your heart. You have to flourish in your attitude. You have to flourish with good character. If you take all of these steps that I've shared with you tonight, you can flourish in the world. Or, or more so flourish with things and you can flourish with good character. You can have that balance between the two because I believe above all things that God wants us to prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. And sometimes that prosper means us being a thousandaire or a billionaire or a millionaire. Sometimes that prospering means that we have a mansion on the hill. Sometimes that prospering means that we have five cars in the driveway. If you have those five cars in the driveway, use one of those cars to take that mother up the street so that she so that her child can get to school or so that her child can have some medical medical get the medical attention that they need don't just have what you have and not be a blessing to other people now i'm not saying that you have to invite folks to live in your house use wisdom follow the lord praise god from whom our blessings flow but take your prospering take your flourishing and be a blessing to other people if you got some extra money i, I used the example earlier about the grocery store if you got if you have some extra money, pay for the person's groceries that are behind you. If you're in the drive-through, pray, pray for the person's um pray pay for the person who is behind you. Pay for their food. Matter of fact, pay for the food of the next of the the, the, uh, the ooh, let me get my words. Pay for the the, the three cars that are behind you, pay for those three cars behind you. You know, pay for people, bless people. Um out of the prosperity that God has given to you, bless people. Oh, y'all forgive me. I could, could not get my words right. I knew what I wanted to say. Mine going faster than my mouth was going. That's a flaw and I'm okay with it. I'm all good with it. I feel good about it. Praise God. So when we are a thriving, flourishing, favored, blessed person, we should share that with other people. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I'm going to say this last thing, you know, um, I'm a published author. I've published several books. I'm about to release a new book on Monday. And I remember I've talked to a few different people who want to become a published author and who want to know the steps it takes to become a published author. I have shared that information with them freely. You know, I, you know, I said earlier in the broadcast, I'm a wealth of resources. Like I did the work so that hopefully those who come after me don't have to do the work. So I researched, I studied, I figured out how is it that I can publish 
publish my book as a self, you know, self-published author, as an indie author. I learned how to do that on my own. I'm going to share that wisdom with other people. I did have it on my website where I would charge people, but the Lord touched my heart. I will share that information with you freely. Now, if you want me to help you publish a book, there might be a little bit of cost in it to use my skills and talents. That's okay. Another form of income coming in, multiple streams of income coming in. But if you want to know how to do it, and if I have the information, I will share it with you. If I don't have the information, I know who you can talk to and I know how to get it. So let's be that thriving, prosperous, flourishing person who is a blessing to other people. Amen. Let's go from surviving to a person of thriving. I wish above all, John 3 and 2, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for joining on Wednesday. Thank you for joining on Thursday. Thank you for joining me on tonight. I have really enjoyed sharing the word of the Lord. I just touched the surface every night. I just touched a little bit here, a little bit there, but you all go back, go back and, and get the scriptures that I shared with you and allow God to minister the word of, uh, minister his word, the word of the Lord, his word to your spirit and to your soul so that you can transition from surviving to thriving. Go back and let God's word marinate in your spirit. Let God word saturate your spirit so that you can be transformed from surviving to thriving amen amen so if you want to join us tomorrow is the day that we are going to be in person y'all i'm so excited for you all to come tomorrow to henderson north carolina like i'm so excited to see y'all like i already see y'all in my mind i'm already hugging well i'm not really hugging y'all but i'm look i'm elbowing you and i'm fist bumping but my family's coming so i'm hugging my family like i already see you all in the spirit and i am so excited for you i am excited for the word that the lord is going to deliver for for us um, through these ladies that are bringing forth the word on tomorrow. We have um, uh, Reverend Tawana Adams. We have Minister Robert Cummings. We have Deaconess Tasha Owens. We have Lady Kathy Russell. And we have Pastor Saina Davis. They will be bringing forth the word on tomorrow for our Saturday sessions. And I am so excited for you, for what God is going to do in you, for you, and through you tomorrow. And so I just welcome you to come. If you're able to get to him, of North Carolina, meet us at the Perry Memorial Library, 215 Breckenridge Road. We will meet you there. Registration is absolutely free. If you didn't get a chance to register online, we will register you right on the site. Don't let that stop you. Don't let the fact that you haven't registered stop you. Come on now. We will get you registered, get you signed up for whatever workshop you want to take. Come on out so that you can hear the word of the Lord, and so that you can fellowship with all of the women that will be joining us. I have invited some of everybody to come, so I don't know everybody who's going to show up tomorrow, but you are welcome. Ladies, you are welcome to come. If you're saved, you're welcome to come. If you're unsaved, you're welcome to come. If you're an atheist and you want to be in the midst just to be with some women, come on now. We will hug on you and love on you. Bring your mom, bring your co-workers, bring your girlfriend, your um, sister, friend, your, your, your co-workers, your colleagues, 
everybody that you can bring with you to Henderson, North Carolina, come on out. We are ready to receive you. And the word of the Lord is ready to meet you where you are. Hallelujah. So come on out. And after the pocketbook exchange, we are going out to eat. Um at a family restaurant. We're going to fellowship there. Look, let me tell you a little bit about the pocketbook exchange itself. If you would like to exchange a pocketbook at the pocketbook exchange, please bring a new purse, add some items in it, like a you know nail clipper set, some money, snacks, could be a deodorant, a mirror, a little lip gloss, a chapstick, um, mouthwash, a little toothbrush, tooth, like the travel toothbrush, toothpaste set, um, whatever, you know, women use, drop that in the purse, bring it on out, and you can participate in the actual exchange of pocketbooks at the pocketbook exchange. Bringing a pocketbook is absolutely optional. It is not required. If you don't have a pocketbook, if you don't have money to get you a pocketbook, it's okay, y'all. No worries there. Just come on out, y'all, and get the word of the Lord. Come on out, and let's fellowship with each other. Amen. Amen. So masks are not required, but if you would like to wear your mask, feel free to bring your mask. I'm going to have my mask on. Of course, I'll take it off while I'm talking. Other than that, I'm going to have my mask on. If you don't wear a mask, there is no punishment. You are in a safe space where you can thrive. Hallelujah. We're going to thrive tomorrow, y'all. We're going to move from surviving to thriving tomorrow, even in a greater way. If you're not able to come, it's okay. God is still going to thrive you. God is still going to transition you from surviving to thrive. And God is still, God has still blessed you. You're still blessed. You're still favored. You're still flourishing. You're still prospering. God is going to do it for you right where you are. He's already done it, but he's going to do it even in a greater way. So we thank God for it. So John, y'all can tell how excited I am, right? I'm so excited to receive you tomorrow. So y'all come on out tomorrow if you can. Bring a friend and let's fellowship together. Get the word that the Lord wants to give to us and then move forward in our life from surviving to thriving. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings. Thank you.